Good afternoon. How are we doing? And another week has gone by. Another week of lockdown flown by. No doubt everyone's deliriously happy. I've noticed that people still in January are people still going for Happy New Year when they're greeting someone for the first time. I had to cap that. Usually I might carry that on, but at the moment there's not enough people that are considering it a Happy New Year. So I've I've retired that. How have you guys been doing? Have you been carrying that on? Is that that social etiquette standing? Because I just think that people are. A bit variable, really. We've got some people that are managing to see the sunny side of it, but generally speaking, let's be honest, it's pretty grueling. Now, one of the things that we don't want you to be suffering with, of course, and we get questions to this effect all the time, especially because I've been doing these Finance Fridays with my friend and colleague, Obi Hassan. We've been getting great questions coming in about practice management as to the business management on financial side. You know, it's something that we're often, as therapists, it ends up sliding down the list. However, in these complex times, it's something that needs to be more at the forefront. And we need to not be shy, but we also need some resources and people that we trust that we know aren't going to take advantage of those important things that are the money that we move around our desks. You know, we've got to try and work out what to do. And uh, fortunately, you've been enjoying these Finance Fridays we've been doing. And so here's another one. And we've had some brilliant questions come in. So hopefully I can bring in Obi and we can get stuck in. But please today, make sure you're uh, active in the chat function. Always open to new questions that come in. When we've got a guest on, you usually end up descending questions right at the last minute or comments. If possible, please distribute them a bit more evenly. Don't be shy. We're really interested in hearing it uh, and let us know as we go. But anyway, without further ado, a click of a couple of buttons, hopefully. Obi, can you hear me? Hello, I can. Glad to see you. Welcome back to Finance Friday, mate. We are yeah, good to see you. <laughs> we're going to get stuck right in. We've had some cracking questions, haven't we? You've been happy we with the uh, questions. So the, yeah. fir the first one is one that's like a admittedly it's more like a theme almost like we've consistently been getting stuff like this come through about the uncertainty right about these funny times that we find ourselves in yeah. when there's so much uncertainty with the politics the macroeconomics obviously people making the mistake of watching the news too regularly they almost feel like the one i want to ask you is do you advise minimizing and or delaying liabilities because we've had opportunities to do that getting invites for uh, if the landlord might allow you to do uh, holidays on your rent or even uh, the bank on your mortgage, those are offers that sometimes some people instinctively say yes, some people instinctively say no. So many questions we've been having about what is the right thing to approach it with. Yeah, I th I, and I think that's a, a you know very pertinent question uh, for everybody at the moment. So I, I the way I would deal with it, essentially this is about how do you manage uncertainty. And it, it, this is at a number of levels where I'm, we're going to come at this from a financial level and then bring it up to so what's the business decision one needs to make based on those financials okay so so, so let's deal with it that way because that cuts through a lot of the um you know judgments uh, uh that you ultimately have to make but it cuts through a lot of well i feel i want to go this way or that way about it i think where people are offering any sorts of uh, delays in your cash going out anything it is worth taking but i i would take a, a slightly more considered approach and that's what I would, it wouldn't take long to do it, but follow a step-by-step -step process and this is what I would suggest. The first thing to understand when you're trying to manage a lot of uncertainty, especially financial uncertainty or economic uncertainty, and you don't know when it's going to end, the way to protect yourself, you have two objectives. One is to protect your position where you currently are so you can survive for as long as you possibly can. And the second objective is not to miss out on potential opportunities come out of this you know so you're in some sort of control of events rather than just being 
at the mercy of them. Now, the way to do that, the way to, is let's take a common sense view. And finance is really about common sense, and then you put the technical aspects of it. And that is, work out what is the financial war chest you have available to you. In other words, the word I use is headroom. How much headroom, financial headroom, have you got to survive and for how long? That's the first the first part of the, the question you need to ask yourself to make that decision, how I manage this uncertainty. And so a very quick way of doing that would be to say, let me look at my immediate liquidity position. So your accounts uh, or your financials should give you very simple information like cash. What's my liquidity immediate position on my cash flow in and out? So work out your cash debtors, which is the amount people owe you, work your stocks, things you invest in, things you can liquidate quickly that turn into cash. Work that out, which are your effectively your liquid assets. And then look at your liabilities, the other side. What is the money you owe people, your suppliers, HMRC, so forth, things that you need to pay in a short space of time, not over two, three years, but within the next 12 months. And you work essentially work out, are you positive or negative on your liquid assets against your liquid liabilities? Do you have a positive position or a negative? If you're negative, the answer is very simple. You really need to delay everything you possibly can, and you need a plan to recover your financial position from that because you're already in some sort of financial problem there that you need to be aware of. And, and you, it doesn't mean you have, you're insolvent. It just means that you need to be very, very careful. And yes, delaying having a proper plan to delay it and knowing how you're going to recover is important. If, on the other hand, you find you're positive, then the question, next question becomes, how many months of headroom have I got? How do you work that out? Well, look at your operating costs every month, and things you, you know are going to go out every month or you have to spend on every month and deduct it from your incomings and work out if, let's say, that is, Fifty thousand pounds, a hundred thousand pounds, whatever it is, and work out uh, how many months of that do you have that will allow your headroom, the one you've just worked out. How long will you survive on it? Say you've worked right. out you've got a hundred thousand pounds. Your net outgoings are thirty thousand pounds every month. You know, after you've taken your income, less your expenditure, you've got just over three months of headroom there. So you've got to work at how much headroom have I currently got now. The rule of thumb I would use is three months. If you find you've got three months, that's too tight. I would really then look for it. So, so, so you're still okay, but you really need to look at a plan where you are trying to manage your cash flow, delay liabilities, try and extend that for as much as you can. So you do need some a plan and some advice on how you can best do that, given, given where you are. If you're around six months, I would say the minimum you should have before you start taking risks again is about six months, then you have some comfort, especially in the current climate, I would say six months plus. Normally in you know heady days, I would have said anything between three and six months, you're okay, depending on your risk appetite to take things. But in the current climate, I'd say six months is what you should be working to. And if you have- so just, so just to pause there a second, those are quite simple sums then, aren't they really? Yeah. Um, but you're just erring on the side of six rather than three to six because yeah. of, and that's why, this this sounds like advice that might be um, fairly sensible generally, even in peacetime. However, because of the uncertainty, you're just meaning go top end of that exactly. because of and that's because of the uncertainty piece. Exactly, because you know we, we you, you just don't want to put yourself if you possibly can in a position 
we're becoming quite desperate. And I know, so, but, but I'll t- I, I could also talk about uh, if you find, already find yourself in that position, then how do you get yourself out of it? So there, there are ways to do that. But th- that wasn't the question at the moment. You know, but, but the point here is you've got to judge where you are. How much headroom have I got currently? Yeah. So what sort of strategy do I now need to adopt in either delaying liabilities or can I actually take some risks because I can see opportunities? If I don't take them now, could grow my way out of it or do i just batten the hatches down and survive for as long as i can and let things open up that's the question you're trying to answer rule of thumb is six months in my view at three months you're still okay but have a plan try and get it up six months and get yourself you know start delaying stuff so you get to six months if you got above six months i think you're probably okay then be careful you can probably invest in stuff and take some risks depending on your risk appetite and that's an individual decision in, in pursuing opportunities. That's the one thing I would say. Um, so, you know, the, the, that, uh, I think that's the approach I would follow. Also in these situations, though, remember, if you do have so, uh, uh, over six months, then look for opportunities, because I think some people can actually now find opportunities and use that as a way of uh, trading out of this problem. That is possible, but only do that really carefully when you see. And that's, that's something we are hearing from people is that sometimes because there's more, you know, especially thinking about clinic owners that, that also keep their hand in clinically or the fact that they're quieter means that they just find themselves having a bit more time, then they're trying to balance off how do I pursue new opportunity and versatile income streams? Yes. Or, but also how much time do I spend bolstering my existing businesses. And, and as you know, and I'll be happy to share with the listeners and anyone that pays close enough attention have, have almost been asking me this question um, as part of a, you know, around the summertime of last year, is how are you doing it? It's like, well, one of the reasons I'm not doing as much as I used to, plus yeah. new things is because I've had to back off and, and unlike some owners that are doing everything they can to bolster their clinical business, I've had other, vers- other ventures that I've needed to do. And there's some people that are telling us that they are pursuing those opportunities, but also... I just want to ask the live audience a question if, if this is something that applies to them is how, how were you tempted, particularly in the early days, have you punted some of your liabilities on and, and have you then come to, uh, was that helpful? Have you come to regret that at all? I know that that was something that we were considering and we did so, to some degree with our rent. However, the nature of the uh, complexities of our various businesses, it's, it's not been as much of a, an issue. Whereas if it was just the clinic and I had done that, uh, then we didn't, the country, the world didn't get back on its feet nearly quick as we expected. And so there were some decisions that got made March, April, that I imagine that some people got stung by the fact that the landscape didn't change as much as it did. So please do let us know if that ends up being you, because it'd be just interested in that. To then frame that as a question, Obi, just on this, on this first piece, what you described before was some people might well have given themselves some breathing space to perceive it to be headroom, but then those debts just come to bite them because they've just accumulated. Maybe they've punted it a quarter, three months. Is that, is that the sort of thing that you're saying you need to be more thoughtful of because otherwise yeah. you're just delaying the inevitable? Exactly. Now, how to handle the delaying the inevitable bit to this was the next bit I was going to come to, which is the next bit is to look at so how, what is, how are you currently trading? In other words, are you trading positive cash flow at the moment or profitably or are you in negative cash flow are you are, are you essentially making losses of your costs and you've got very little income coming that's not covering it that's the next question really because that then tells you how what you should do with whatever headroom you've currently got if the answer to both is you don't have enough headroom and you're trading negatively you do need some sort of recovery plan 
and uh, there are ways you can do that. Seek some advice. You do need some drugs for recovery and where you have different scenarios of how you don't leave it too late when you just, you know, have got, you know, you have to react and uh, with very little options. Um, uh, and if you if you have if if you have if you are profitable or you minimised your costs enough to be at least break even or profitable, then I think you're in much better position, and you can probably then take uh, 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 some risks and start investing in things. Given the situation, I think it is actually a lot of people who can invest are investing, especially in different platforms of selling, in different ways of sales and marketing. So when they come out of this lockdown, they're actually in a better position to be able to catch up. Um, so I think that's it. I think to bring this all together, I would say whatever position you find yourself in, the way to take this process step by step is remember I've talked about doing a forecast before, that especially a cash flow forecast, a really mm -hmm. simple one, but it just brings all these moving parts together into a very simple black and white stuff where you can actually make business decisions. And I would highly recommend you do that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely something that I think we've had some questions in that direction to get into a bit more detail. We did cover it in the last show for those that have got more interest in the specifics on forecasting. But I think that particulars around this whereby that 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 uh, understanding the forecasting liabilities in in the uncertain times we're in is, is just as tough as forecasting the profits. Now, historically and typically, people find that it's an easier thing to forecast costs because of the fact that those are a bit more consistent, whereas at the moment, those have ended up fluctuating too. And that's been part of what I think is... is old. I think that's what spooks people, Obi. I don't know if you've experienced that as well, whereby it's when things that are otherwise constant that feel like actually provide the foundations of people comprehending their outgoings and their business, when those start to shake, when they're yeah. just not used to have to flex those, that's yeah. one of the things I feel I'm noticing is kind of worrying people. That's right. And I think that is why you then need to begin to say, so how do I, how quickly does either my income stream come back? And when do I think it might, what if it comes back in June? What if it goes yeah. all the way to September? What does that mean? What are my fixed costs? What I can do about delaying that to match that? Or yeah. do I have some headroom that I can take some risk in actually investing in some sort of online platform where I can reach my audience and sell in a different way. See, those are all the decisions it does. Now, I know all this is going on in your heads anyway, as it yeah. doesn't mind. Yeah. The point about it is get it out on a very clear piece, on a spreadsheet, whatever it is, it's called a forecast account, because it forces you to put it down, all these assumptions going on in your head and things and scenarios into clear, something you can clearly see reflecting back at you you can then make some really logical decision based on it um and it, it it forces you to ask tough questions can i do it now can i do it in three months do i wait do i do this do I do what happens if i do this and and you you see the answer fall out you know is it positive negative can i survive or not brilliant and so any any more questions that come in on that then please let us know we've had a comment from suzanne who says that she made the mistake and she calls it a mistake of an in april she postponed her rent for three months thinking that things would be back up and running she has a city center clinic that then hasn't been able to still find its feet and so she feels like she ended up delaying the inevitable and was struggling to get hold of that because she did so just thinking she was pulling a lever and things will be better then and unfortunately and, and you can understand why it happened i mean suzanne fair play doing that now would yeah. be one that 
probably would be clumsy. But doing it then, we did yeah. all think that it was going to be more temporary. So um, obviously, Suzanne, do let, do let us know and get in touch with us if there's anything more that we can help with in that direction because Obi would be the man to talk to. Yeah, and, and, and Suzanne, you know, you know, you're not the only one. Honestly, don't feel that you're the only one. Almost everyone I know has done that. It's okay. I think you know, there is a way out of it. Absolutely, and yeah. no, similarly, uh, I think if imagine if we had the the versatile uh, streams of business that we have, then if we were just a clinic and we'd have done that because we did it, then we would have yeah we would have struggled with that too. It would have bottlenecked us uh, similarly. So yeah, it's yeah. a really lovely point. Thank you. Now, can we just spend five minutes on this next point that came in? It was a more specific, more specific question. This one yeah. wasn't it, Obi? Was from, no fantastic question. Go on, say, sorry, go on. I was going to say it probably sums up the sentiment of a lot of business and entrepreneurial business owners. And I don't know if people have been following my um, managing cash flow uh, to, to, to survive and grow. But I, I've specifically been putting that out over the last few months, about seven articles, to try and help entrepreneurial businesses exactly mm. do that. I think this, this sentiment sums it up. I'm burnt out, fed up, and insolvent month to month, it says. Are there any specific indicators that enough is enough? <laughs> oh. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame, it'd be, but it'd be, it'd be, we would be uh, lying, wouldn't we, if we were just trying to be the sunny optimists all the time. No, Questions right. like this coming in, it's totally reasonable thing that many people think about, and it's worth us just spending a bit of time on, because that is one of the things that's hard, is that you can sometimes throw good money after bad and, and, and overchase what it could have been, especially in these times. So what's your typical advice or for indicators like she's asking? Yeah, I think I'm going to answer this in two ways because as a business owner, I totally understand exactly where this sentiment is coming from. Mm. I mean, you feel it in your guts, don't you? And you feel that pain in your guts and it it, mm. it, it is gnawing at you uh, during the day when you go to sleep, all sorts of stuff. And I think that is a big thing to overcome. I'm going to try and help you think that through with an approach that would, I think, help you um, really make a decision on how to tackle uh, this this feeling of burnt out, you know, of hopelessness almost. Where do I go from here and how do I tackle this? So let's take a logical approach and then we'll get into the personal side of it and how you personally deal with it and mentally deal with it. So I think there's three, three, three ways to tackle this. One is look at the financial position you're in. I'll come to that very quickly. Then look at the underlying business and its future going forward. And again, this is you know looking at you know, where it was, where it is now, uh, and where you think it's going to be. Again, using the principle we use it about headroom. Mm. And then thirdly, look at how you personally feel about it, what your personal goals are, and what are your options on what this tells you the approach I'm just about to go through. Again, in the interest of time, I'll have to shortcut it. And obviously, anybody who wants to follow this up in more detail is very happy to contact me. On the financial side, the immediate thing to do is do what, what I call a liquidity test, which is what I mentioned before. Very quickly test where is your cash position and how long can you last it? Okay? And it's your cash flow test and balance sheet test. Now, there's also a test of insolvency, actually. But that's a very negative term. So when people look at, am I insolvent or how long have I got left to, to, to work things out, it is actually called a liquidity test. And what you look at is, you know, can I pay my liabilities as they fall due? That is ultimately the test. And you do, you know, you look at your cash, you look at your debtors, you look at what people owe you, what you can turn into cash quickly over the next year, you know, 12 months. Look at your liabilities over the next 12 months that you, you, you have to pay. 
um, and then see whether you're positive or negative. If the answer is that you cannot meet them as you go along, and you're going to have to start speaking to people, then the question becomes, well, technically, that means you are insolvent. That's the first test. The second test, then, is, is the business viable? And are the assets or liabilities greater than each other? So, again, don't want to, I don't want to get technical. But essentially, it means that if I can't pay my liabilities to fall due, you've got to start asking some tough questions about, so am I insolvent or not? And at that point, I think you do need to sit down and come up with a recovery plan and say, if I can't pay as the full due, which a lot of people can't actually, you know, especially HMRC debts, but there are ways that you can negotiate time to pay with either HMRC or other people, so forth, and that helps your cash flow position in the short term. And it may mean that you can then start meeting your liabilities as the full due because you have done a deal with people. The important thing is don't go quiet. You have to come up with a plan, and then you've got to communicate with those people that you owe money to and work out a plan that works for them and for you. That's the important thing here. But it is quite it is quite a different evaluation, isn't it, when people have got a... Because if you think about it on a practice level, it's that, that unlike a... Let's imagine comparing a physiotherapy practice to, say, a tradesman who has... You know that that's it. They, they can have these these near term cash flow problems, but be you know have have money that's due, money that's coming. Whereas in in clinics, if things go quiet, it's not as if that that money's typically promised. That that typically they have a, a moment to moment, almost shopkeeper style of that's business. Right. That, that's right. That is different. And so evaluating that is one of the key key variables there. Just in terms of yeah, in terms of when people feel like they don't want to overchase. Um, what again might be inevitable and that they might feel like they are just just worsening their situation by perpetuating what they feel especially like the spirit of the question Obi was that this was someone that was clearly like admitting to the burnout it's not that they were then saying sod it it might be plan E but sod it we'll go for it they, they felt like they'd lost their spark a little bit I just wondered if there's, there's something to be said for the, the guilt that people place on themselves to try and complete a venture and, to, and sometimes make the mistakes of not being able to exit sensibly. Yeah. What would you say are the, the things that you would advise in that space? So again, I think this is about working out where therefore your options are. And that's the second bit I was going to come to, which is uh, you know, if you have a limited company and if you're insolvent, then you have certain duties you need to be careful of, uh, or even as a sole trader. I would then look at the underlying business and, and, and that is, should I stay in the game or should I exit the business or should I exit the game? And then to look at the underlying business and, and to do that, I think you need to start looking at, you know, what is your sales forecast? And I know currently that's difficult to say, but you've got to take some judgment to say, if the market comes back, do I think my customers are still going to be there or have I really got no customer loyalty or and I never started from that place? You've got to start asking those questions or can I reach my customers? in a different way online and do i am i beginning to get that response or not so look at you know is the underlying business still sound was it sound before lockdown if it was is it still sound even though it's going through a really rough patch now will my customers come back or not and what would that look like by when am i still going to be able to charge those prices i was am i still going to be profitable have my costs changed or are going to be, be the same again it's working you know that sort of financial forecast and understanding of that is really, really important. And then, you know, what are my marketing sales or marketing strategies? Can I follow something different to make a difference or not? Once you've done that, let's say you're a business that still has some value or had value before you went into lockdown. There may be people, you may have options to exit the business. 
there are a couple of ways you could do that. If there is some value in the business, and there is a way how you value that, the question is, is there anybody out there that might be interested in either buying or doing a joint venture with you? That's one potential option that could be there. Um, another thing would be, could I go and refinance the business? Do I have a viable enough business somebody would actually want to invest in it? It may mean that I might have to give a little bit of it away or even be able to just do a loan uh, on the business, but somebody who's interested in sharing the profits. Do I have a business plan that says that or not? That's another potential option. So there are options, or can I just sell it and get out? Or finally, if really I am insolvent and I'm bust and I really need to get out, and there is also a managed way to do that that doesn't land you in huge trouble, which means you can get out, get rid of those liabilities and start all over again, and there is a very clear, very important, very log, uh, um, professional way to do it. You don't want to do that badly because that can uh, end, end end rather badly for you. Mm, no, it's a really good point, and and, and thank you. If if, uh, we, if that question was submitted um, privately, <laughs> and therefore, oh, sorry, drop me drop me papers. Um, they were sent privately, and so I won't say who. But uh, if you're listening, I hope that's been helpful. And please do get in touch if there's anything more that can be worked out, uh, depending uh, on what decisions you you come to make on that. Uh, but just, obviously, we're not going to personalise that. And just to give some hope, I, I know I'm trying to give the sensible advice, but to give you some hope, in all these scenarios, believe me, even it's in the crisis scenario, in the darkest scenario, there is always a way to manage this through in a sensible way which can also manage, you know, um, your mental health. Um, but you, you do need to get, I mean, really do, you do get some some support and advice mm, on how absolutely. to do that. But there is a way to get out and grow again when we come out of it. There are ways of Absolutely, yeah. We can rise again, Phoenix, Phoenix from the ashes and all that. Right, yeah. Now, we've not, got many, we've not got many minutes left here, Obi, oh, and, right. and this is a, bit, a hell of a question. So it probably I think we should try and touch on it now but maybe we should start on it next time if i'm yeah. honest because i don't think we're going to get across all of it but the question that came in um was how much is managing household income similar to managing business finances ask my wife yeah. <laughs> i would say the principle is exactly the same and it's a, and again uh, i love it it's a great question absolutely the same principle and i say that to a lot to businesses even when and when especially when i work in the nhs because if it was your money is this the way you'd be treating it frankly no, really you know we, we really need to be able so um the principle is absolutely the same i think that uh, in, in that you, you have a budget you have a household budget just like you have a business budget and at the end of the day you know you have to manage your inflows and outflows so the inflow is always greater than the outflow and i know we can go into an overdraft every now and again but you can't be a permanent one because the bank will just shut us down uh, if we do that so we have to manage that uh, internally in a business is exactly the same when you think about it actually the, so the principle is the same and you should treat it the same but however the big difference is there are different approaches obviously the risks that in business and in personal life are different for people take even in lifestyle businesses which a lot of us are lifestyle business but the obligations that you have in businesses which is to other people stakeholders suppliers the legalities how you can protect yourself limited company status sole trader all those sorts of things are obviously different uh, and, and, and your obligations are different and in, in in a personal situation and also the reason we spend money in a personal situation how we spend it and why we spend it yeah. is different in a business you really need the discipline to say where is my return on investment how should I do it? And that's how you should do it. If you're treating that like a personal income, uh, I would advise that um, you should sharpen up. 
One of the things that I was irritated by, admittedly, sorry, it's a bit, bit political, but I remember George Osborne, when he was making arguments for austerity, he was often saying, well, balancing the country is a bit like balancing your household income. I was like, well, that's not that. That certainly is an overreach of that analogy. Yeah. Now, what you've just described there, I think is reasonable. But when it comes to that macro, it was an irritating thing for him to suggest that it's just ins and outs. It's like, well, no, infrastructure uh, spending and, and the likes of, of that, that then is sensible to invest ahead on. That, that was an overreach. Whereas in this instance, what you're what you're describing on, on someone's individual business is that there should be an appropriate and mature evaluation of what is yeah. and then a proposition of where we're wanting to get to. And that that is where you want to aspire. And so that am I right in thinking that in this instance, the analogy carries better than it does on a country? Absolutely, it does. And, you know, George Osborne was, you know, you, you can tell people who have never really, you know, gone out and run businesses at total risk. You know, which is you know their own businesses that really go out and have been a lot of stuff. And the the analogy, the analogy is, whilst at a macro level that is correct, the point is you are your own banker of last resort when it comes to your personal finances. Period. No one's going to guarantee your pension. Whereas if you're running a country or you work for the government or anything, your pension is guaranteed. That's the big difference. Okay, mm -hmm. and that fundamentally defines the entrepreneurial spirit in this country, which is why I'm writing the articles that I am for people and making my content available uh, freely most of the uh, time to people because I think a lot of entrepreneurs have been left out of any of this government support that has been given because they don't understand it really, you know, because right. essentially their incomes are guaranteed. But anybody yeah. like entrepreneurs like us who go out and take risks, fundamentally that's the difference between personal finance and business finance is, you know, um, you have no banker of last resort. You have no government that's going to build you out. It's a really good point. Yeah, that safety net is is a relevant feature. And um and, and so thank you for covering that. We'll definitely I would like to maybe use that as a starting off point, but please do get your following questions coming in, especially the 48 hours after these shows. We get people that, that questions come in and comments come in, making suggestions as to where you want us to go with this, as well as we're going to be uh, together, we're collaborating to make sure that we get some of Obi's materials that are then tailored for business owners in the therapies therapies game uh, with with a specific look at trying to help you to not just survive but thrive help you with business growth forecasting and he's got some consultancy frameworks as well as some content that he's creating that can mean that at whatever level that you're at there's going to be something for you to make sure you're not having to guess anymore there's too much guessing going on i feel the questions that we get in tell people that are craving this information so here is obi offering to give it to you so tell us a little bit about the resources you're putting together obi yeah, I'm putting a whole uh, training program together, you know, on the back of the content that I've been training, I'll be getting feedback from people saying, this, how do I do this? How do I do that? So I decided I put together some training content, you know, which is like, um, uh, you know, finance for business owners in healthcare uh, or, or, or in the therapy businesses. And, you know, what are the essentials of finance? You know, how do you understand cash and profit and how do you understand break even? Um, how do you finance businesses? How can you go out and raise finance? Um, how do you do financial KPIs and ratios, how do you understand the financial health of your business? Or if you have problems like we've described, you know, how do you manage the uncertainty? How do you do a cash flow forecast? How do I, you know, very simple practical ways of doing it so you don't have to go to your accountant and do a complicated thing, things that you can do quite quickly inside your business. If you're in trouble, how do I recover my business? If I need to grow, what are some of my growth strategies where I can use finance to help myself grow? 
Um, so yeah, finance for business owners and a whole lot of topics on the back of it. And I thought that'd be just useful for people in, 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 in oh, these times. Brilliant. Definitely, because I think that that's something that we've noticed as a theme, really. And one of the things I've been feeding back and through to Obi is that there's so many things that people are naturally part of the entrepreneurial spirit is people are learning on the job and they're doing everything they can. But in these, in these times, it's sometimes you've, they're reaching for, um, crumbs of advice that sometimes aren't appropriate because they're generic advice rather than appropriate for healthcare businesses, which have their own unique um, medical ethical challenges, as well as some of the things that we mentioned before, whereby there isn't money, much money owed in the future. Therefore, it's a, a moment to moment thing that sometimes when that tap's turned off, it's quite an affront compared to other businesses, a bit of a lag to that stress. Obi understanding that having worked very different uh, parts of healthcare business is important. And so please do get in touch with us and let us know if you're interested, as many as you have done. So thanks so much, Obi. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll Thank speak you. again soon, mate. Thank you. Good to see you. Bye. Bye. Bye.